So we are dedicating this class of Shara Bitochen in honor of Mrs. Dower. Her birthday is today. Hashem shall bless you with a tremendous year, with your best year ever. With Kuzun and Nachas from the Kinder, from the Eneklach, from the extended family. We are learning Shara Bitochen. And after many weeks of going through the introduction, we are actually going to be starting today with Pei in the first chapter. For people who are using the beautiful Kohas Shara Bitochen, we're going to be going to page 40. And as we concluded last week, going through the Rambam's index, Bikitzer telling us what each chapter will speak about. By far, the shortest of the seven chapters is this week's chapter. And by far, it's the most important chapter. We're going to read through it slowly. Dafka on this chapter, I'm going to go and read through some of the footnotes, even if people don't have the white Kohashar Betachen, we'll read it slowly. And I think it's important, Dafka, not to go too quick. So even if the class will be a bit shorter, because the ideas which might externally sound simple are nothing, nothing other than simple. And to learn, to listen, and to take it in, and then God willing to continue this next week. Is this a class that goes on all the time? Yeah, yes, yes. But different houses. In different houses in the Chabad Sola neighborhood. And since Mrs. Dower comes to the class, so we extended Chabad Sola all oh, yes. the way with Birushus of the Bachavadeka Rabbanam over here. With everyone's permission, we are here learning this in, the, in Beverly Hills. So the million dollar question is, is that even though the Rambam, not the Rambam, I'm sorry, the Rabbeinu Bachayim spoke so much about the, the advantage and the greatness and, and, and the benefits of having bitachin, we just started, we just intro, we have to define what exactly is bitachin. And I know that we spoke about this and when we opened up the series, but let's read the author's words, and it doesn't matter if you don't have a sefer, we'll read this slowly, we'll pause and we'll discuss a little bit. Prior to the Rabbeinu Bachaya, emphasizing that ultimately the only being in whom we should place our bitachin is in God Almighty. He wants to make it relatable. Most people, even people who think they have bitachin in Hashem, don't yet have it. People do have bitachin in others. So he begins as an analogy of one who's having bitachin in their fellow. And then as we'll develop this, I'll point out that all of the reasons why you chose to place your bitachin in your fellow, those reasons should actually cause you to place your bitachin in God and not also in God. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Waterproof. Yeah, it's all waterproof. Mayim is a brach. It's part of the blessings over here. <laughs> that, that we are to place our bitachin in God. But don't get confused when you'll see that he's not in the beginning, speaking about Bitochen and Hashem, he's describing Bitochen. And here are his words. Ach mahus habitochen. You should know that in Hebrew, the word mahus is a composite of two words. Mahu. In Yiddish, vos idos. Bitochen, 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 bitochen. Okay, nuzachen. What is Bitochen? And here are his words. He menuchas hanefesh habiteach. Bitochen is not a belief system. Bitochen is certainly not a behavior. Bitochen is menuchas hanefesh. 
definitely it's correct to say it's a feeling. It's not an idea. Um, he translates in English over here. It's the the inner peace, the peace of your soul. Now I know that here, if I'm gonna just read the words, he writes the peace of mind. I want to be more faithful to his words. The peace of your nefesh in you. So there is the one who's trusting, and then there is the entity, the person. Ultimately, we're gonna come to Hashem, in whom you're trusting. We're speaking now the truster, not in whom you're trusting, but the truster. It's the menuchas hanefesh of the beteach. The statement is very big. It's a big statement. It sounds simple, and it almost doesn't make sense. Menuchas hanefesh is the mahus of betachem. You see, up until now, when we learned the introduction, it sounded like that a consequence of, or a reward that if you have betachen, you will have menuchas hanefesh. That's the way most people would understand what he's trying to say, but that's not what he's saying. He's saying the essence of betachen is menuchas hanefesh. People should spend time thinking about that because it's not going to be what most people would think, and it has to work. Uh-oh. So in other words, normally people would say bitachin is, let's say, trusting. It's definitely a correct translation. There can be maybe a better translation. And most people understand that if I trust as a consequence, if I really, really trust, I'll have inner peace. I'll have menuchas hanefesh. He's not saying that. He saw that in the entry. He says that, oh, let's chap, mahus habitachin, the essence of bitachin is... Menuchas hanefesh habiteach. Betochen is synonymous with. Betochen is menuchas hanefesh within the one who is trusting. I'm going to come back to that. Just to bring up that when people read it quickly, it should it should bring up a problem, not an answer. This should this should this should not shed light. This should be shedding a, a, a challenge. If you have menuchas hanefesh, which is like being content, right? Inner, 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 inner tranquility. Okay. Then that means you have bitachon? That's the way we learned it in the introduction, and that's emes. But he's saying something even deeper. Mm-hmm. In other words, Yafa, very good. What you just said, and I'm going to repeat what you said, is that how do I know if I have bitachon? Mm-hmm. How do I know whether I'm just saying in my mind I have bitachon in God, or whether I really have bitachon? Well, do I have menuchas anefesh? Do I have inner tranquility, or do I not have inner tranquility? You know, everyone, everyone talks the talk because we're, we're we, you know, we were born. We had Yiddish mamas that told us, believe in the Oibishter and have bitachin. I mean, I was raised that way. So we have the words. But then we face a challenge. And that sometimes there are challenges that give, that, that present themselves in a way that my setting right now is, Oi, gewalt, I'm in trouble. And there are certain natural emotional reactions towards danger or trouble. And all of them can be surmised in not menuchas hanefesh. I'm afraid, I'm anxious, I'm upset. All of these are not menuchas hanefesh feelings. So what you said, and which is correct, which is what we said in the introduction, is that what's my measuring stick? How do I know if my bitachin is emes or I'm not there yet? I want to have bitachin. Theoretically, I have bitachin. And my mind believes, but my heart is not near. 
if I have a nuchas nefesh, aha, that's a raya that I have betachin. That's what you said. That's what we learned in the intro. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying something even more, which has to be explained. He's saying that the essence of betachin is menuchas nefesh. Not that if you have betachin, you will have menuchas nefesh, which is also true. He's saying something more than that. He's saying that betachin is menuchas nefesh. How does that make sense? Like, isn't Bitachim trusting in God? As a consequence, I'll have Menuchas HaNefesh. No, Bitachim is Menuchas HaNefesh. It's the Menuchas, let's keep on reading his words and I'm going to come back and we'll come back to this. It's Menuchas HaNefesh within the Baiteach, within the person who has Bitachim. V means end. What you understand to be Bitachim by him is secondary. Let's read the secondary. Then we'll come back to the to the essence. The sheyia liboy samuch and one's heart, not mind. It's a feeling more than an idea. One's heart, samuch means should be reliant, and he's not going to focus on Hashem right now. He begins by giving a muscle that most people relate to because not everyone has bitachin in Hashem. We all have bitachin in others. Even the most arrogant of a person, I'm a self-made man. You press the brakes, you have bitachin that the, that the brakes will work. And if you have real bitachin, you're calm. You know, you rely on it. It's relying on on the other. And one's heart should rely with certainty on the other upon whom you're relying. Again, in the context of Ben Adam Lachaveroi. I know you can give specific examples, but he's purposefully avoiding specifics. He's speaking about a general, I'm relying. What am I relying on? In a general term. That shiyase hatoiv v'hanochin loy. In our case, that the person upon whom I'm relying, I'm relying, I trust that they will do the right thing for me. Specifically regarding the matter in which I am trusting. So, let's say if you go to a doctor. Lomashal, Dr. Dawer's house. So, you go to a doctor. You begin with betachen that the doctor is going to do what's good for you. Not what's good for the doctor. Not that Hashem will do what I ask. We're not no. there yet. Wait, 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 wait. We're, not, we're not even talking about God yet. We're talking about the the the, the feeling of bitachin. Now again, bitachin is trust or reliance. The menuchas hanefesh is very, very insightful. Very. It's like a bomb. He begins with a bomb. Whoever reads this properly will just skip it because it makes it makes no sense at the first glance. Everything after the first line, everything after the comma here makes a lot of sense. That your heart should fully rely on the one. Upon whom you're relying, that they will do, they will do, not just want to do, that they will do. Many people have good intentions. Even if I know that the other, that you intend to do well by me, I'm still not going to have full bitachin on you because they say in English, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I'm relying on someone who I know they will actually do, not only want to do, that they will do that which is in my benefit. Or that which I am relying on them to do. And how good will they do it? 
They'll do it to the best of their ability. I cannot rely for you to do something that's beyond your ability. But I'm relying that you'll do the best that you could. And there's Yechoyles, there's ability, and then there's your, your Das. Your Das means your intelligence. To make sure that whatever it is that I'm relying on you, for you to do to me, you'll do the best and the wisest for it to actually actualize. So when a person, let's say, goes to a doctor, Bitochen and a doctor will be, before getting into the detail, is that that individual, I'm relying that he or she, the doctor, will, will do the best that they could according to their ability and according to their wisdom. The greater the other person, the greater the doctor, the greater menuchas anefesh you're going to have. But all of this, just pointing out, is to bring up when you learn the Shara Bitochen, everyone should have a question mark. The question mark is, is that he should have said, Bitochen is to fully rely with your heart on the other, that they'll do the best that they could for you in the area in which you trust them. And therefore, you will have Menuchas HaNefesh. Rabbeinu Bachaya writes the exact opposite. He writes that bitachin or the essence of bitachin is menuchas hanefesh. So I want to pause here and I want to share the following. This idea I heard from Rab Shalom Rabashkin, who is a Jew who exemplifies bitachin and God. And he made a great point. Whether he read it somewhere, whether he came to that realization. Where else do you find in the Torah the concept of... I'm sorry, of, Rabbi, couldn't you hear me say you're quoting? I'm quoting Shalom Martcher Rabashkin who addressing this question that everyone asks on the opening of the chapter one, when he says again that bitochen is menuchas hanefesh, and it should not be that way. Bitochen should be relying or trusting. Menuchas hanefesh should be the reward of, it should be the consequence of. But menuchas hanefesh is tranquility, inner tranquility. How is inner tranquility, how is inner tranquility equal to bitachen. It is bitachen. How is tr- tranquility is tranquility? Write a book about menuchas hanefesh. Or the opposite of menuchas hanefesh is anxiety. So you want to speak about the beauty about menuchas hanefesh, okay, then you want to define menuchas, that's something else. He's saying it's the same. Menuchas hanefesh and bitachen is one of the same. And let me explain the following. We're do you find in the Torah the word menucha other than in this context? Who knows? Shabbos. Shabbos. Very good. So if you want to understand the meaning of menucha, let's understand what menucha means in the Torah in another place. Then we can take a Torah concept from there and obviously apply it here because we are using the same word. What does menucha mean in the context of Shabbos? Rest. What does rest mean in the context of Shabbos? It's so I know there are many ways. Everything that will be said will be correct. But let me share a certain way of approaching it, which you'll agree with. Just, I want to use Dafka certain words. That everything that we are familiar with is subject to change. Everything is, so to say, under everything that we know is limited by its time and place. 
time changes everything and everyone. True or not true? True to a certain degree. To a certain level. In other words, Gashmi, this world, it's just a matter of time. Like, look at people. The more time goes by, the greater every person becomes. To the benefit. Time is your greatest chaver. The more time goes by... The greater you become, the wiser you become, the humbler you become. That's a nice theory. Yes, it is. Let's, let's word it in a not nice theory. Time is your biggest enemy. As a matter of time, everyone gets old. You, I can word it that way also. And this and that is true, but let's word it in the, in the MS. Time changes things. And why not say, Mrs. Fishman, that time changes things for the better? Okay, let's take out the word better. You're not happy with that. Time changes everything. And also, the, the, the place, the setting, the, the setting in which we are at has a huge influence on people. As much as we say, no, 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 a chassid makes the environment, but every setting is a setting. Every setting is a setting. And everyone should make the effort of making their setting a better setting. Because the greater your setting, the greater influence you will have in, in a subtle, beautiful way on everything that's in the setting that you create. So things are bound in the place they are at and they are affected by time. All of the above is true about every part of the creation. Before we get into feelings, just ideas that we all have a muna, and we say this many times in many different ways, that God is above time and space. Hashem does not change according to the place that he is at, and nor does time affect any change in God. God is above that. Right, we say in the prayers, Atuhu Achaloi Nivraha Ilam, Atuhu Misha Nivraha Ilam. Is that something that you can relate to? Is that something that makes you feel calm or make you feel nervous? If you were to be completely beyond change. Calm, nervous. Boring? No. Okay, good, I'm happy, so talk. Yeah. Okay, good, good. It's calm. It's calming. Okay. You know he's you're you're being you're being watched over. In other words, above time and above something that's beyond change, something that's unchangeable, is in an ultimate state of menucha. What does menucha mean? It's it's at rest. rest. It's not moving. Movement is change. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. is something that Chabad Hasidis deals with with no end. And yes, it's a contradiction because since God is recreating every moment, that contradicts this other truth that God does not change. God is above change. But let's accept this truth that we say this in the prayers. There's a Pasuk that says, Atahu, you are God. The one, before the world was created, you're the same God 
after the world was created. King Solomon, speaking on behalf of God, says, Ani Hashem lo shaniti. I did not change. Actually, many people aspire to that. If we're going to go with Mrs. Fishman's approach, that the more time goes on, things are not necessarily as good as they used to be. So when a person says, oh, I didn't change. In other words, like the optimism of the youth and the koyach, I'm the same. You knew me 40 years ago. I did not change. People wear that as a badge of honor. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Not correct? No comment. No comment. <laughs> huh? Impossible. Impossible, correct. But people would aspire to be there. In, the, in those areas in which we perceive that time is going against us, then people would want to be above time. See, I didn't change. I didn't change. I'm the same. So in other words, you want to say that whatever is happening in the universe already happened, and it's so we're just the players. This is why nothing changes. No, 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 no. The world changes. The world, no, 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 one second. The world changes, and we change, and we are here to affect change. And a change, and we should affect change to the positive, even though once the option is given, we can affect change to the negative. But there, there, there is a reality that is changeable, and then God is unchangeable. God. The reality lives in God. Reality and lives in, God. and God and reality have a relationship. Very good, and that's what she brought up. And there's a challenge here. There's a paradox here, but let's accept, at least for this discussion that the world is a reality in which things are constantly changing. Everything that's physical is constantly changing. And there is a inner truth that's not tangible. The ultimate inner truth is God. God does not change. The same God that you have, the same God your father had, your mother had, the same God created the world, the same God will be here forever. There's one God which is the same. And there is a deep truth in God which is unchangeable. I'm using this just to bring out that when the Torah uses the word menucha, which many people translate as calm or tranquility or rest, I'm sure it's all the above and more, that the reason why we associate that word with Shabbos, Shabbos menucha, ba Shabbos ba menucha, Shabbos is a yoy menucha, because look even at the halachas of Shabbos. The commonality of almost all of the laws of Shabbos is don't change the world. Leave things the way they are. Or to word it in deeper, connect to the part of you that does not change. Connect to the essence of God that's beyond change. It is what it is. Actually affecting a change is fighting against Shabbos. Shabbos is the day that we touch something very deep within us. And it's only the highest or the deepest, which is the same part of the person, that part of me and of you is taka beyond change, like God. Mamish, or let me word it differently. It's this and that is that Shabbos we have the ability more than in any other time to reveal the spark of God that's within you, and when you're when the core of your neshama comes out, one characteristic of that will be is that that core. I don't care if you're a thousand years old, is exactly the way it was the day you were born. It doesn't change. There's a part in our soul that does not change. There was an innocence that we have. We believe in that. We can never really lose our innocence. We can hide it. 
we can conceal it, we can make it very difficult to reconnect to that, but there is a part in a yid that doesn't change because God doesn't change and there's a little spark of that in me. And Shabbos is the day in which we are able, especially when we keep the laws of Shabbos, to touch, to reveal, to connect to the part in us that could be called as Menucha. It's defining something. Menucha means that which is beyond time and space. It's very powerful. There are many other parts of us that are subject to change, for good or bad, for good or bad. And that's our reality of the week. We're not living in La La Land. We're living in Olam HaZagashmi. Things change. There's a Sunday and there's a Monday. There are certain things that a Yid can only do at day, certain things you can only do at night. Yedavan Shachras in the morning, Yedavan Maidev at night. In other words, being subject to time is, is human reality. But there is an, another emes, a deeper truth, that, that is difficult to connect to. That we can define that truth as Menucha. Menucha means a place in which change does not exist. Don't think of that as boring. Think of that as calm. Think of that as of infinite power. It's infinite power. It's mamash the ain't safe in the person. Unlimited. Unlimited. It's unlimited power. That's why it doesn't change because no matter how much you spend, at the same amount left. Same amount left. No limit. Absolutely limitless. The way a Jew called one word for limitless is menucha. Is what? Menucha. It rests because it's beyond movement. Movement means change. First you were here, then you were there. It's everywhere. It's nowhere. All at the same time. It is what it is, they say in English. That's Menucha. So just like Shabbos is a Yoy Menucha, the Rabbeinu Bachai is trying to tell us that within us, deep down, on that level of my soul, that's called Menucha, that level of my soul completely trusts God. So perhaps the way of wording the opening of the Rabbeinu Bachai is the essence of Bitachin. That's the way you can read it. The essence of Bitachin is to reveal the core of your soul. How do I know that I touch the core of my soul when I am fully relying on God? Because the essence of my soul, the part of my neshama that does not change, indeed, is calm and completely reliant on God who is able to and who will make sure that I'm okay. Only the way God can do that. It's a very deep insight. So we're using Menucha Sanefesh not only as a consequence of Bitochen, Bitochen I'll be Menucha Sanefesh, is that Bitochen is coming from the core of my Nisham. And therefore it's a very difficult thing to touch. It's not simple to have to have betachem. How do you how do you reveal the core of your neshama? We're going to have seven chapters about that, but beginning with chapter base. Like, how do you get there? Everyone has a different core, no? Everyone has the same core. Wow. Every Jew has the same core. So what is the core? The core is God, mm-hmm. mamish, mm-hmm. and the God is, can be called here as menucha. And when I experience the menucha, my nefesh, I I touch that part of me that I need to have betachem. 
I will also experience calm and tranquility. In other words, if a person, if a person is feeling excitement, and therefore they're they're running, they're, they're moving, beruchnias or even begashmias, that's not the deepest part of the person. That's something that we know from Kabbalah that that desire is not the core of the person. Desire moves a person. Pleasure, pleasure is another word for menucha, because when you have pleasure, you're not moving anywhere. You're staying exactly where you are. Person has pleasure, they don't move. They don't want to go away from it. They want to stay in touch with that. Not about up, not up, down, anywhere. Shabbos is a day in which people don't move. You have this, basically, you're not moving anywhere. That's why people can experience, oh my God, so boring, there's nothing to do. We're not doing anything. That's the whole point. There you go. In which time doesn't move. You're going beyond time. You're going above time. And therefore, you, how can you make changes in the world if you're in touch with the part of reality that does not change? So that you can't do, you basically, that's the core of all of the Lama Tasmalachas, which is don't change anything. Leave things exactly the way they are. Okay. So, recapping. Betachen is Menuchas HaNefesh. That's his words. Not only will you feel... I'm on mute. Okay. Here we go. I'm sorry about that. Thank you. are very welcome. So, Betachen is Menuchas HaNefesh. And it's fully leaning in, relying on the entity who you chose to place your trust in. Why are you doing so? Because you're confident that that entity, we're not even talking yet about God, this can be talking on your fellow, that entity not only intends your good, but they will actually do that which is good for you. And let's go on on page 41. People could only have bitachin in someone else or in any other entity if they are 100% certain that that person is out for their good. Any amount of suffake will kill the trust. I trust in you 99%. I don't trust in you at all. They mean the same exact thing. What is suffake? Doubt, doubt. In other words, in order to rely on someone, whether it's God or some another person, you have to you have to feel it's a feeling that you can f- completely rely on them. They they want your good. They they're not they're gonna do the best that they could for your good. The more I know that you are gonna do the best that you could for me, the more bitachan I'll have in you. I want to read. Yeah. Your example of going to a doctor is is excellent. You go to the doctor and you have a complaint and he says that that that. Maybe in the back of your mind you're thinking, I should have gone to this other doctor. This other doctor is going to say different. So then you don't have the toughen in that doctor. You, uh, you don't have 100%. You have 70%. And what happens is, on a mystical level, they are unable to heal you. We're going to read about this in a moment. Because you don't have 100% trust. Because the healing. trust itself is a channel that is very powerful. And that's called the placebo effect. What did they call it no, over here? No, not a joke. No, no, it's connected to this. In other words, that 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 your your reliance that whether it's on the pill of the doctor, right? That's my placebo, or on the doctor, just 
the, when I when I understand that that doctor now another human being is not God, but I know that that person cares for me and they're gonna do the best they could for me. That's called bitachin in a doctor. But Robert, yeah, it's not Hashem that decides. He's gonna to come to that soon. He's gonna point out that in the MS we should only trust God. Because another person, no matter how much they would like to do good for us, but they are unable. They're human. They're human. We're going to get there. He just wants to describe. I'm saying that Rabbeinu Bahaya begins by describing Bitochen not exclusively to God. He wants just to paint this 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 feeling. It's a feeling. It's a menucha sanefesh. You're complete. It's a, you're, you're like we're one with God. We're one with the person upon whom we're trusting, if it's another person. Why are we doing that? Because we know, we know that they will do the best they could for our. And he writes, What is the main thing in order for A to, to, to give their trust to B? The imye pocket, and if this will be missing, there will not be bitachin. Who and that is Shia Libai Batuach, that A, the one who's relying, the one who's trusting, the one who has Bitochen is certain in the one in whom he has Bitochen in. He's certain that that person will do what they're saying they're going to do. That they're going to follow through with that which they guarantee they're going to do. Now, hold on, there's something that has to be addressed. Maybe I'm unworthy of your kindness. Like, how can I be certain that you'll do good for me? Why? Maybe I wronged you. Maybe I did something which made me undeserving of your benevolence. So he adds a the second point here. That's the final point of 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 the of the opening chapter. And that is. That that entity won't do kindness to you because you deserved it. Because then maybe I'll be undeserving. Or it's maybe, how can I trust you? You're great. You'll do the best. But maybe you won't do it to me because I'm undeserving. I have to believe that that entity will do good for me whether I'm deserving or not. Now, other than God, find me such a person. And we'll speak about God in a moment, because does this not contradict the whole idea of reward and punishment? Is, isn't there a concept that we have to be, we'll get to that, that's very important here. The talking is predicated on the truth that God does good for us even when we're undeserving. Wow. If not, you cannot be talking. Because why, why would you have betachen? Well, let's just finish reading the words. So that's point number two. That that other entity that you are hoping, you're thinking that they'll do good for you, will do good for you even even if there was never such a stipulation made. And even even if that person never took responsibility. Even if you're undeserving. But that person, their nature is to be kind. Their nature is to be giving. That person will do good as an act of generosity. As an act of their generosity. So if I... Will, if I'm going to be the recipient of your good, even if I'm undeserving, then I'll rely on you even more. Because I don't have a question mark, I don't have a doubt, maybe maybe I don't deserve your kindness. But Hashem 
decides the results. One second, one second, one second, one second. So I want to, I want to, the other very important point. One, one, one second, one second. We believe in reward and punishment. We believe that Hashem rewards people based on what they do and the opposite. So how does it fit into this? That we're going to trust God, that God will do good even if we're undeserving. Why would God do, why would Hashem do good for me even if I'm undeserving? Very good. But I, I guess what I'm thinking is it's the nature of man to question. And Yaakov Rabinu said, Katanti and Kalafas he didn't expect a Kaddish Baruch Hu because he was using his human barometer that I have exceeded all my already like merits and I'm beyond it. But I, it's very hard for I mean, me, I guess, human, to, to process everything you're saying. Okay, one second. Okay, well, we're stopping over here, but I want to add. I want to add one thing that 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 you said, which was Gavaldic. The way that I've explained it. In the merit of fully trusting Hashem, that makes us worthy. So it's a catch twenty-two. But when a person is able to really give it up and give it to God, fully trusting that God will do what's good for me. And let me add another layer, a lot of stuff. Another layer is, is that God, everything that God does is good. No, we want for God to be revealed. We want for God's goodness to be revealed. For God's goodness to be revealed, right? Lashana toiva umesuka, not just Lashana toiva, but toiva hanireva hanigla, it has to be a revealed good. What happened in the past happened in the past. And every person that we know went through experiences where we believe that it is for the good, but we don't see it. Which is why when something that we perceive as not good, when that happens, we say Dayon Ha'emes. We don't say Hatoivomative because we don't experience it as, as it being good, even though we believe that on some level it's for good, but that's after it happened. Prior to things happening, we want God for be, to be revealed and God also wants for him to be revealed. And God is revealed only when God's goodness is revealed. When what appears is pain and suffering, God's goodness is concealed, it's golos. So when I, prior to something happening, have full trust in God, which is very difficult, not in my mind, in, I really have menucha in my heart, I'm really calm because, because I'm relying on God and God is almighty. So whether I'm, I have other merits or not, it doesn't matter. That's my merit. And God will do for me the goodness that I am relying on God to do. That's the goal of Vitachim, which is a, a very lofty level of really relying on God. And especially if a person had Vitachim yesterday and what they were hoping to happen did not happen. And they had Vitachim two days ago. And life is life. And people had certain moments in life, some of them that can mark a person forever. Even people with Amunah, Amunah is a lot easier. Amunah is that this is from God, everything is from God, and it's for the good. That's not what we're talking about. It's prior to something happening to fully become that it's going to be revealed good because God is able. And God is going to do for me, not because I'm worthy of. It's not it. That's exactly what Yaakov said. Kontointi, not because I earned it. I'm not coming since I have Bitochen. Kontointi, but God, you are able and you're good. And I'm relying on your goodness. 
Not in an arrogant way, but in a very humble way. That's the mahus of bitachan, and that's coming from a place in my soul that's beyond time and space. The rational the person. Kids get everything because they rely on us and they trust us. Kids don't get everything. Your kids got from you. You're amazing. Some kids don't get everything, but yeah, I get what you're saying. In other words, when no, no, that's a good point. That when a child in the innocence. No, 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 I'm, you're right. I, that was a bad comment. You're saying 100% correct. That when a child in their innocence, when they look up to a parent. And they have that complete, innocent bitachen in the parent. That elicits in the parent the midah, I'm going to give them whether they, whether, they, whether they merit or not. That's the merit. The bitachen is the channel through which, that's the schus to receive. The child's bitachen. The child's bitachen and the parent. And we all feel that as a parent. When the child looks at the parent or at the grandparent, in that innocent bitachen, they're relying, you're going to give them the candy. Even though the emes is candy is poison. But, but they don't know that. They know that candy is good. And, and, they, and, and, and they don't understand that you're not going to give them the candy. What do we almost always do? We give them the candy. Give them the candy. Because they're relying on you. They have no one else to rely on. So you think the candy turns into good? It's a bad metaphor, a good metaphor. I just want to back her up that she's saying the truth. By the Oibishter, he gives us a candy that's not poisonous. It's good on all levels. The bottom line is, bitachin is a feeling. Not only can you measure it as, am I really calm or not? Everyone is calm and things are great. Sitting over here in this house, everyone is calm. But life is life. In other words, when a person is driving and something happened and you're going... Uh, you're not speeding, God forbid, you're going nice in the speed limit, but it looks like that in three seconds you're going to hit the car in front of you. At that moment, what are you feeling? Adrenaline. And a person who has real betachen, I'm saying that's menuchas nefesh. They're like numb, though. No, it's not numb. No. It's, 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 it's living with God. Yeah, but we need to do something to, we need to break. It's, it, it's to that, that point that after you realize you press the brake, now I'm in the hands of God. How does that feel like? Car is spinning. <laughs> so the ideal of Vitachim would be at that moment, once there's nothing more for me to do, to really just lean into God. Mm-hmm. And I can really count on God because God has no limitations. God, God is the only one that can help me. How do we get there? Now, I know that chapter two is going to speak about that. There's no atheists in a foxhole. Yeah. But I don't think that the atheist in the foxhole has real calm. I don't think when bullets are coming, you have real calm. You're definitely crying out to God. But that's the betachin is not crying out. That's tefillah. Betachin is a feeling of pure tranquility, you are almost above time and space. Going back to my car accident, it's that moment where you see yourself above yourself. You're like out of it. And everything is, it is what it is. And it's fully in the hands of God. There's no doubt one thing, that learning Shara Bitochen is definitely the best way of getting to more Bitochen. Whether we're learning this chapter or next chapter, this detail, that detail, as a rule, when we're trying to achieve something that's, that is difficult, the derech is to learn it. And indeed, you see that many people who we all need to have more betachen, 
many people who told the Rebbe, Rebbe, help me with Bitochen, he would tell them to learn Shara Bitochen, but he would write to them, not to read, I read it today and I read it, to learn it and to read it and to discuss it and to analyze it. And even if one line is not directly connected to what's, to me getting there, but we're living in this, in the Torah of Bitochen will help us get a much higher level of Bitochen. Any questions? Okay, so I think we should stop over here. Let it sit. Machus habitochen is menuchas hanefesh. Menuchas hanefesh. There's something within us that's tranquil, pure tranquility. It's not moving anywhere. It's pure calm. We have that within us. And, and that is that godly part in us. Connecting to that is connecting to God. And when we connect to God on that level, that's bitochen. The word you said before, bitachin, is menucha hanefesh. The Rabbeinu Bachayah writes it. Ach mahus habitachin, the essence of bitachin is menuchas hanefesh habiteach. That's the most important line of this chapter. What are the last two words? It's the tranquility of the soul in the one who's trusting, in the one who has bitachin. He's not saying that it's a consequence of bitachin, which it is also, but it's the essence of bitachin. It's reaching to a place of pure calm within one soul. Good. A mazel tov to the birthday girl. And the ima, a mazel tov. There you go. To be continued. This is Great. so powerful. Thank you so much. Beautiful. This is Rabbi Zayat for those who don't know from Sola down on La Cienega.